0: Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Central Church of Christ podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. Just as a heads up, we are holding in-person services every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Also, if you'd like to join us for a to-go meal, we are serving those every Wednesday through our Bread of Life Cafe at 5.30 p.m. If you'd like to get more connected to our church, feel free to email centralchurchone at gmail.com or call us at 513 481 5820. We look forward to hearing from you, and now let's get back to the podcast. Good morning. morning. Thank you to Daniel, Junia, and Kayla, and Jack and Spirit downstairs. Um, Thank you also, David and Laura, for giving me this opportunity to speak this morning. I feel such an honor to be able to stand up here and talk about something that I'm so passionate about I found it very fitting this morning I don't know I was up early it was dark the dark finally let the light through but it wasn't until really just recently that the Sun began to shine and it was the perfect image for me to watch happen as we begin to talk about advent so i hope some of you got to experience that also because it was just it was just beautiful we are in this season today being the first sunday of advent we are in this season of waiting of seeking of hoping and wondering and I can't think of anything better, it just, it just gets me so excited just to think about it because we are seeking the light every single day of our lives. The light is Jesus. And for those of us that call Jesus our Lord and Savior, we have been <laughs> given such a wonderful gift. I wanna kinda of set the scene a little bit for you. I was lucky enough to have parents who brought me up in church, and as they brought me up in church, we celebrated Advent from as young as I can remember. And it was a time that Sunday evenings, on each Sunday of Advent, that we would gather It was part of our dinner time, I'll say. And we had an Advent wreath, and we would spend time lighting the candle for that particular week. We would say the prayers. We would talk about it and things like that. And, you know, I'm not sure if all of you had that experience, but if you did, there's something so sacred about it. It's sacred because we were gathering as a family. It's sacred because we were talking about the light. It was sacred because my parents left this legacy with my brothers and I that we have to this day in some way or another have continued on. But as a young child, it seemed like four weeks wasn't enough. I don't know about you, but it just flies by. And so as I got older, and I'll I'll be honest, like about 15 years ago, so way older, I began to look at Advent in a way that I wanted to learn more about it. I wanted to go deeper. I wanted to understand what it was that God was trying to teach me about this particular season and why, for whatever reason, that I needed to kind of just stop And pause and look at the goodness that God was showering on me. Traditionally, Advent is marked on the calendar, especially the church calendar, as the four weeks before Christmas. And that is good, and that is the way it is. But the beginning and the end for me. Has taken on a little bit of a different look and in order for us to understand beginnings and endings we have to understand how we fit into the story we each have a story God created us and when he created us he called us good So, even though Advent is marked on the calendar as a specific beginning and end, I want us today to know that throughout our lifetimes, we are always looking forward, hopefully, looking forward to what's next, but looking forward to the fact that Jesus is going to come again. And that's a big amen. And so if we are living our lives seeking the light every single day, if we are living our lives trying to love others, as Jesus called us to do, if we are living our lives in a way that we are hoping and clinging to the one who is clinging to us, just think about that. Think about how that makes all the difference in the world. Abigail, thank you so much for reading this morning. There is something, especially about the very beginning of John 1, that just kind of says it all. And it said, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome. I could sit with those verses for a very long time. The darkness has not overcome. We are living in the light. So in the beginning, God created the world. In the beginning, God created the creatures of the world. In the beginning, God created man. God created woman. God created you and me, and he called it all good. And in this story, in this story that God has written so beautifully for each of us, the light of the world Who is Jesus came to be and as a result nothing will ever be the same because of who you are because of who you are nothing will ever be the same we are part of the story of Jesus from our birth because he is choosing us but it wasn't until we said yes yes to following Jesus, that we entered the story that he has written for us in a particular way. And so this time of Advent is a big invitation for us. It's an invitation to live our lives for Jesus. It's an invitation to know that even though we are kind of living in this place in between, in this middle space, in the space of not yet because more is coming, we can still receive the gift of a relationship with Jesus and we can learn how to then shine our lives for Jesus. Since Advent takes us beyond the newborn baby that we will celebrate in a few weeks, since it takes us beyond that and we need to prepare ourselves and we need to look forward, we know that the birth birth of Jesus is the beginning. But it leads past that. It leads to when he grew up, when he walked the earth, when he died on the cross. And then he left us a promise, a promise that he will come again. We have a story. We had a beginning however many years ago, and we will have an end. One of the people, and I think this will help just shed a little light, I guess that kind of is a pun, sorry. It will shed a little light on this whole thing that I'm trying to um, speak about here, is that we have someone who is really important to this story. And he was also mentioned in the reading this morning, and his name is John the Baptist. And John the Baptist, I just love how God creates and shows us and points us to who we need to understand our God in a deeper way John the Baptist was born basically at the same time as Jesus and he was given um, an anointing from God to prepare the way for the Lord And it was no mistake that he was there because what he had to say was important to the whole story. So it says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. John the Baptist, what he did for Jesus is what we are being asked to do for Jesus in our own lives. We are, asking, we are being asked to share the message of the Messiah with the people that we come in contact with. John the Baptist, you know, was preaching, and, you know, he was, people began to question him, like, you know what's going on here are you the Messiah and he's no you know I'm not the Messiah he calls himself the voice of one calling in the wilderness and he is here to make straight the way for the Lord John is standing in the gap he's preparing the way for those he is speaking to and for those that will either meet Jesus right then and there in person, the one who is greater, or, for us years later, the one that we have come to know as Jesus. John the Baptist's role has been described by a woman. Her name is Fleming Rutledge. And she was one of the people I did some reading Some of, uh, she has is an author, she's an Episcopal priest, but I did some reading because she speaks about John the Baptist. And what she does is she calls him a spotlight for Jesus. So I want you to think about this. Last week, a week ago, I had the pleasure of going to see Wicked and I was there with a friend and it was my first time seeing it. And I'm just gonna tell you, I was blown away. So if you've ever seen it, you might be nodding your head like, oh my gosh, yes. But here's what I want to tell you. What I want to tell you is that it's not just the music. It's, just, it's not just the actors. And you know, it's not just the singing. The part that had me mesmerized was the lighting The lighting displayed emotion. The lighting um, helped you to understand where your eyes should follow. The lighting helped to shine a light on the person who maybe was the main character in that particular scene. And that play would have been nothing without the lighting. I'm going to tell you right now, you know, it, it was everything. So think about that. If John the Baptist is a spotlight for Jesus, can you now get a visual in your head as to what that actually looks like? Because we are called to be a spotlight for Jesus also. And I just, I just love that image because it just really helps me to understand you know, what that looks like. And how I can lean in closer to God to do better at that. So, when we consider the single beam shining on the main character in a play, we can transfer this to how we lift up others to be in the spotlight instead of focusing just on ourselves. You know, people say it's not about you, and it's true. It's not about us. When Fleming Rutledge shares that John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness is calling to prepare for someone greater, she calls him the beam shining for Jesus. It's beautiful. So let's ask some questions. How can we do that? What does that look like in our lives? What would it look like to point someone to hope even if you are feeling despair? What would it look like to share joy when maybe you're feeling sorrow? What would it look like to be loving? towards those that maybe are hard to love? I don't have all the answers. I think there are questions that we can think about though. And we can just kind of, you know, in our quiet time or driving in the car or whatever, we can think about what that can look like. Because Advent is a beautiful invitation for us to begin again. You know, the arrival is coming. We can prepare the way. We can prepare the way for other people. There's this quote from N.T. Wright, who has become one of my favorites because it happens to be one of Daniel's favorites, too, and Kayla. Um, but it says, he says, What matters is the call of the gospel, the promise of God. And your task of being faithful and patient in the present until it be thoroughly finished. We should not spend all of our days looking too far ahead. We shouldn't spend all of our days looking too far back. I think Thanksgiving is probably a really good example of this. If you had the opportunity to be with family, or friends, or whoever it happened to be, did you feel like you were present in that moment? Do you feel that what was happening right in front of you was way more important than anything else? Because that can be really hard in this day and age. The invitation today and every day is to stand in the gap for other people. We are invited to shine our lights for others like John the Baptist did for Jesus. This is what it looks like to live an Advent life every day, not just for four weeks. It's being present Knowing there are times when life is hard, waiting well, and living with hope for Jesus, who never once leaves our sides. My invitation for you this week is to think about what that can look like. What will it look like in your own life? Remain present and just notice what is right around you. One of the things I like to do, not when it's really cold, but most of the time is to go out walking. And I sometimes I go to parks where there's rarely any other person around, but other times there are. So one of the things I make a point of doing is just waving and saying hi to them because we have no idea what a difference that might, that might make for them on that particular day. Maybe remaining present in your life looks like putting your phone down and I am preaching to myself. It has become way too easy to pick that up even with other people around me. Maybe remaining present looks like the grocery store clerk or cashier who at this time of year anybody in retail you know that a smile is gonna go way farther than you ever imagined because it's tough. Maybe you just need to say hi to your neighbor. The other thing that we've become very good at, whether it's really a good thing or not, is to pull into our garages at the end of the day, close the garage, and then we're in the house. And even though we have neighbors who live next to us, maybe we don't even really spend time with them. What if it looks like sending an encouraging text or actually making that phone call? I think the possibilities are endless. I pray you spend even five minutes this week Thinking about how you can shine the light for Jesus, for others, stand in the gap for them, whatever that may look like. And may